So the question is, how do busy dads get into great shape with limited time, space, and equipment, all while enjoying the process and without sacrificing family time? If you want to know the secrets to dialing in your nutrition, being consistent, and staying motivated to achieve your fitness goals once and for all, then this is the podcast for you. I'm Kevin Torres, and this is the Dad Bod Wad Podcast. All right, welcome back to the show, my friends. I'm your host, Kevin Torres, and I'm all about helping new or soon-to-be dads get into amazing shape in as little as 15 minutes a day without sacrificing family time because I know all too well what it's like to be in the throes of early fatherhood, to have all of those demands pulling for all of your attention and your limited time, and the things that you love to do tend to fall by the wayside. Heck, the things that you need to do tend to fall by the wayside, right? Which is why so many guys deprioritize their own health and fitness. And a couple of years later, you wake up with that dreaded dad bod, right? The gut and everything. Or maybe you've already had one since even before becoming a kid. And it just becomes worse or exasperated once you have a kid, right? And really, what holds us back is that we think we need to overhaul our lifestyles or spend hours in the gym or cutting out all kinds of food and all that stuff. And I'm seriously telling you, it takes 15 minutes a day, some mindful eating, and uh, you're going to see amazing results pretty fast, all right? In fact, the guys who signed up for my 21-day challenge for January are already seeing incredible results. They're losing five pounds, four pounds, six pounds. They're working out consistently and they're learning the nutrition protocol necessary to see results, to stay successful, to make it a sustainable lifestyle for years to come. So if you're interested in uh, joining my next 21-day challenge class, we're going to start another one uh, in February. February 1st will officially start. So if you're even the slightest bit curious and you want to learn a little bit more, shoot me an email at kevin at dadbodwad.net and you know we can chat and I'll give you some information. Or if it's more expedient and you just want to you know message me, then find me on Instagram, dadbod underscore wad, right, at Instagram uh, or on Facebook Messenger and just shoot me a message and say, hey, Kev, what's up? Curious about the 21-day challenge. What's, what's going on in there? And, um, and I'll hook you up with some details, all right? Now, if you're not already a part of the private Facebook community, the free private Facebook community, Google it or go to Facebook and search Dad Bod Wad private community. And there you're going to find a community of hundreds of guys, like-minded guys like you, who are trying to get better, who are trying to create a legacy of health and fitness for their families. And there you're going to find guys who are supporting one another, who are posting their wins, who are posting their struggles, who are just you know there to hang out and share. And it's seriously an amazing community that we're all forging together and building together. So super grateful for that as well. All right. And we have a special guest on today's show. On today's show, I'm joined by Nick Shaw, co-founder and CEO of Renaissance Periodization, otherwise known as RP. Now, you might have seen some of the RP transformations on social media like Instagram because seriously, he's got like thousands of them. Um, From everyday Joes to elite CrossFit athletes, it's actually pretty inspiring if you ever uh, on Instagram, RP transformations and just see these tremendous before and afters. Now, Nick and his team have created something truly unique and easy to follow with their nutrition templates and the RP Diet app. But I must warn you, the app seriously works best for people who have experience counting macros, um, you know, who've 
practiced or who've weighed and measured their food before. Um, and, you know, really, if you don't have any experience with that whatsoever, I wouldn't necessarily jump right into the RP diet, right? Uh, the diet app. Instead, I would suggest spending a couple of days and weeks maybe just tracking your food, weighing your food in something like My Fitness Pal, which is, you know, super easy to use. Um, but anyway, during the interview, we discuss why people fail at their diets. Like, why is dieting so hard? And what makes people successful with their diets? Like, what's the differentiator? What's the difference there? Um, we also discuss some of the topics in his book, Fit for Success, and how you could start using these techniques today to improve all areas of your life, especially your health and fitness. You're gonna wanna stick around until the end where we discuss how you can start planting the seeds of success early on with your children so that they grow up to be confident in any situation. Seriously, you're going to love this episode. So without further ado, here's my chat with Nick Shaw of Renaissance Periodization. All right, Nick, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. How you doing, man? I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. No, man, it's my pleasure. I'm super pumped to have you on. It's early into 2021. So a lot of New Year's resolutions, a lot of people looking to get fit and healthy, looking for the the, the magic thing that they're going to finally be able to stick to this time around. And so I thought you were the perfect person to have on since, you know, diet, nutrition, fitness is your thing. And you've created like a a super successful business around the nutrition piece, the RP diet, um, you know, from, from amateur athletes to top tier CrossFit athletes um, are using your templates, your coaching, and of course the app, your super to your, your easy to use app, which I actually personally use right now as well. So um, super pumped for you to come, come on the show and share some of that with us. Awesome. Well, thanks for using the app, man. We really appreciate that. Uh, it's, it's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Well, if I could be honest, the thing with the app, right? So um, for people who are familiar with counting macros um, and the whole notion of if it fits your macros, you know, the, what I was drawn to with the app was the, the fact that it's not just like um, macro Tetris, right? Where it's like, hey, you get 190 grams of protein, you get 60 grams of fat and 200 grams of carbs and, you know, have fun, figure it out. And if at the end of the day, you're still stuck with 60 grams of carbs, well, guess what? You can eat a bunch of Sour Patch Kids and as long as it fits your macros, right? Like that whole nonsense. And I've tried that and it just, maybe it was too much freedom in there or maybe it just, I don't know. It, it just, it never felt like I can get like a good routine right? Just like counting my own macros. And what I love about the app is that it allows you to plug in the number of meals you want to eat throughout the day, right? So if you want to eat just two meals a day or five meals a day, um, and then it gives you the specific breakdown of macros per meal. So you're not like over, you're not guessing, or you're not leaving yourself at the end of the night with like a surplus of protein that you need to suddenly find, Right, like, oh my God, yeah. I need, I still need thirty grams of protein. How do I do that without adding fat or carbs to it? Um, so that's what I really have found like really useful with with the RP Diet app. Love it. Yeah, totally. Well, so first, hopefully, it's for people that already have some familiarity with counting macros. Otherwise, it might be a little, little, little tough to navigate at first. But yeah, that's really the idea: is to give people flexibility within a framework. 
Right. And so, because again, some people, if you have infinite flexibility, well, the choices are almost endless. So again, like when it comes to food choices, we tell people, hey, try to stick with mostly the basics in here. And so what's good about sticking to the basics? Your lean proteins, your healthy fats, your healthy carbs, you know, things like fruits and veggies, maybe some whole grains, you know, nuts, avocado, olive oil. And if you stick to those things, you're off to a really good start. And we were talking a little bit before we got started here, but you know, you don't have to be super, super fancy and complicated with nutrition. I mean, you can, right? You can, you certainly can. But if you're a busy dad, if you're working all the time, stick to the basics. There's nothing super fancy there. And a lot of times people want the super fancy. They think the secret is in the super fancy. When in reality, the, the secret, right, is sticking to the basics and being consistent. And if you do that, you're there. You're going to get results. It's true. Um, yeah. Just like you said, sticking to the basics. The other thing that I always tell my clients and, you know, preach on this show is like, have your go-to meals, right? So rather than, you know, it having to be complicated and something new every single day, um, just like having like some of your staples, your go-tos that you can, that you can lean on every single day. Like, you know, always having a fridge stocked with, you know, like your cold cuts or, or, or milk or bread, like just having the basics that you need to succeed is, is also huge. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So we actually on the RP strength Instagram, we just posted a little meme earlier this week. Cause you know, a lot of people are getting started because it's first week of January. So naturally everyone wants to diet. And a couple of the themes were keep it simple. Like you said, okay, well maybe instead of meal prepping every single day or several times a week, you can buy a couple pounds of ground beef, turkey, fish, chicken, whatever it is. Just cook up a couple pounds of it all at once. I mean, you can probably put that on the stove, put a lid on it and 10, 15 minutes later, it's done. Like that doesn't really take a lot of work. That's something you can probably do while you're doing something else. So again, it doesn't have to be super complicated. You can get those little cups of like minute rice or right those boxes of minute rice. I mean, I think you can just throw those in there. They're cooked in no time at all. You know, fruits and veggies are pretty easy and simple to make. I mean, maybe it's just a salad, pretty easy. Throw in some nuts for your healthy fats. I mean, these things don't have to take a a lot of time. And for a lot of people, when you over complicate things and add a bunch of time, it makes it harder to follow. And consistency is really what we want. That's the name. Yeah, man. So I know we just dove <laughs> right into to dieting and apps, um, and, and I want to dig a little bit deeper. But but first, like you know, for for anybody who isn't familiar with with Nick Shaw or the RP diet, um, like just give us like the the one minute rundown. Like, who is Nick? How did you find yourself in this world of of nutrition, of of coaching others? Um, yeah. And, and how did you land into the, you know, creating your own business? I was growing up. I was always into sports, always into fitness, working out. I had a brother that's four years older than me. We had one of those really old rackety uh, sand weight sets in our basement that my parents had. So that's how I, I, from the time I was probably 12 years old, that's just what I saw. You know, my brother was older than me. So I've always been into fitness played sports and whatever through high school. I love training. I love training. Uh, I was called a gym rat in high 
high school. It's like, okay, that's the perfect compliment you can give me. I love it. I love, I love getting after it. I love training. I love working hard of all that stuff. And so I knew that I wanted to do something involved with sports or fitness, whatever it was, went to uh, university of Michigan. I was born and raised in Michigan and studied sport management. So I meet this, uh, this meathead in the school gym one day, Michigan weight room. It's a little five, six guy squatting, you know, 400 pounds or whatever in the student weight room. I'm just like, who is this person? Start, start talking with him. Lo and behold, you know, long story short, he ends up being the co-founder of RP with me. We just you know, happened to meet that day, started training together. He convinced me to, you know, try a powerlifting meet. I loved it. And he convinced me to come out to Manhattan after we graduated. We were personal trainers there for a while. And he went back to get his PhD. Uh, I stayed and was training people. Uh, before we knew it, we were training people online, always kind of crisscrossing back and forth. We said, hey, why don't we just start a little company? That was RP circa 2011 or so. So it's coming up on nine, 10 years here before too long. It's amazing, man. That's really awesome. Um, and, and then you guys developed the, you guys took everything you sort of like learned and knew about nutrition and then put it into an easy to use app, right? How did that come about? Yeah. So long story short, we, so I guess it, it goes back around personal training people. I was running rack at all over New York city, working my tail off. I would be downtown. I would be uptown taking the subway everywhere, walking, training people for an hour or two and you know, all this stuff. And I just said, wow, this isn't really sustainable. Like, how do I keep doing this? Got a little bit into the online coaching. And this was before online coaching was really a big thing. I mean, nowadays, online coaching, I mean, everyone and their mother and brother are online coaches. So it's made it a little bit harder to get started now. But we were doing that. And I realized, like, oh, wow, this is pretty, this is a little more scalable with my time. This is a little more efficient. And we started doing that more and more online coaching picked up in like 2013, 2014. We thought, well, hey, we know all this stuff. Why don't we put it into like a more systematic way that can help other people, you know, not just our clients? So we did our first ebook, 2014. Loved it. People loved it. They were like, wow, this is really good stuff. Quick, easy read. You could do your own diet just from that. We thought, all right, well, this is really cool. Now we can go from helping maybe a couple hundred people through one-on-one coaching to, you know, we just sold a couple thousand copies of this book. Like, hey, maybe we should try doing this. There might be something there. Maybe. So. Yeah, I told my buddy, Dr. Mike, I was like, hey, you think there's any way we can do this with one-on-one coaching? And he said, well, let me try to make some Excel templates onto like what, I, what we would normally do. So we launched these clunky Excel files in February of 2015, so almost six years ago. And they did okay. And then a few months later, after we released them, people were using them, posting their awesome results. And these templates cost you know, $100. Whereas with one-on-one coaching, you know, not everyone can afford it. It's a little more expensive. So it really kind of opened our eyes a little bit more. It's like, wow, like there's something to this. And we knew that these were Excel templates. This is 2015. So apps are, you know, really big smartphones and all right. Huh, maybe we should thinking more long-term, how do we make this into an app? And boy, apps and software development, it's just a really long and hard process. Yeah. So lo and behold, three and a half, four years later, we finally got it out. It's been out for about a year and a half now, maybe coming up on two years this spring. And yeah, you know, people seem to really like it. It kind of does all the thinking for you. So it kind of is taking that one-on-one coaching, what we do. Now, again, you are missing some advantages of one-on-one coaching, you know, working with a person 
empathy and hey i had a crappy day what do i do like a human on the other end can understand that um but it's it's hard to beat the price point you know 15 dollars a month versus 150 200 dollars with one-on-one coaching so it's it's been pretty well received yeah man no it's great i love it and um like it's like you said like it takes all the thinking work out of everything for you if you have a little experience with counting macros and weighing and measuring your food already um it's it's like the great sort of next logical step um and you are a dad right yes sir i have, I have two small kids yeah, well awesome. not so small anymore yeah yeah uh my son is going to be turning nine here in the next like week or two nice and my daughter will be seven in march so they are it's been an interesting last year because my daughter was in kindergarten when COVID hit and right. virtual remote school hits. And so we did that whole song and dance last spring. Uh, that was really interesting. You know, Are schools still closed? Uh, no. So, so I live in, in North Carolina, so around Charlotte, North Carolina. And so I guess I should probably say this. So my wife had some health issues last year. Right, right. Um, she's doing really well now, though. Would and so we had the choice actually here in North Carolina. We could send them back, and they were only doing like one or two days a week when school first started in the fall. But now they're at four days a week. But my wife wasn't comfortable sending them because she, you know, still kind of fresh off of getting through all the treatments and, and that. So it made a lot of sense to keep them home. So we we did all that, and finally we got to the point where my wife was feeling pretty good, pretty comfortable with everything. You know, doctors were pretty understanding of it. They're like, yeah, you could send them back maybe if you wanted. So we actually ended up sending them back a couple of weeks before Christmas break. And I tell you what, they loved it. They loved being back. I picked them up the first day of school. I was like, guys, what'd you think? Was this good? Like, are you happy? They're, they were in heaven. They're like, ah, yeah, so that's, we're so happy to be back with our <laughs> friends and interact. And I'm like, yeah, there we go. That's good. No, that is good, man. It's definitely important for the kids, the poor kids this this year and last year. It's just crazy how much uh, they're missing out on all that stuff. Um, but it's also taken such a huge toll on parents, right, who are managing working from home or not. Maybe they have to actually still go in. So now they're trying to worry about finding childcare or maybe work from home while managing kids, right? So like we have two two little daughters at home who, you know, are two and four and they need all of our attention. And my wife and I are both trying to work and with them, um, you're running a really successful business uh, and also maintaining your health and fitness. How were you doing that? And again, like, and I, and I, and I know your wife was going through some treatment too. So there's that additional layer of just like overwhelm and stress. And that was at the height of COVID, right? So COVID happens she starts to go into treatment. So you can't even like go with her anymore. Right. So the, all this level of stress and you're still running a successful business and you're still a dad. So how did you sort of like navigate all that tumult during that time? Yeah, it, uh, it seemed really easy at the time to almost want to go in that like victim mindset of, Oh wow. All this stuff is happening to us. Whoa. Like, what do we kind of do? And it would have been really easy to go down that road. And, and luckily, yeah, we didn't. Uh, first things first, I have to say, my wife, even while going through you know, 
chemotherapy and stuff like that was still able to you know sit with our kids while they were doing some remote school and I would a little bit here and there but it was definitely you know her doing a lot of it because yeah I mean I can't just give up working all the time I can't do that unfortunately and so she was able to pull a lot of the slack and I was obviously pitching in more and kind of told everyone at RP, I'm like, Hey guys, this is kind of the hand that I'm dealt. And there was a couple other people at RP in, in the you know, same, same boat. Uh, some of our software developers, uh, a couple of them had to deal with some family health stuff too. And so it's really just being understanding. I mean, it's not like I can say too much because here I am with all this stuff on my plate. It's not like, you know, I can expect more out of other people. So it was really hard. It was really challenging. Um, we got through it. We navigated it the best we could. Uh, it's just, was kind of trying to stay in routines the best that we could, you know, they would get up get breakfast, do the remote school thing, you know, try to have some, what of a normal schedule. Hey, we're going to try to eat at these times. And for me, and this is a little bit in my book, but I would I just try to get up earlier. And I know that's maybe not doable for everybody, you know, especially if you're working crazy hours or night shifts or something like that. But for me, because I know that I have so much else on my plate later on in the day, if I can get up a little bit earlier before everyone else in my family, I can maybe bust out some cardio in the morning. You know, I can, I can read a little bit. I, I can do these things. And I like doing that because it gets it out of the way. Because I know, and I've actually been experimenting with this a little bit over the holidays here the last couple of weeks, parents and stuff in town for a few days here and there I actually have to assert more discipline and more willpower if I sleep in because now I have to do all these things later during the day you know, try to get in the workout you know hopefully try to read a little bit I like to read every day uh, practice mindfulness all these little things and it's like it's really hard when you're caught up in the middle of the day work's going on and people are emailing you and sending slack messages and social media messages and all this stuff it's I really have to certain more willpower to really think about it. Okay, I need to kind of take a little break here to, you know, maybe go do this. And I have a home gym. I work from home. So again, do I maybe have some advantages that other folks might? Okay. Yeah, maybe. But again, you know, we were talking about before we got started, you don't have to do crazy workouts in the gym for two hours. You can do some body weight stuff. And if you go really intense, 15, 20, 30 minutes, it's kind of all you need. Right. You can do a lot of stuff in 30 minutes. So it's just kind of, how, I think a lot of it is perspective on how you view things. If all this stuff happens and you sort of immediately go into that negative downward spiral, yeah, you're not going to, you're not going to do as well. And it would have been easy for us to go down that route, but we just didn't do it. It wasn't going to let, and my wife, credit to my wife too, of course, because I mean, she was able to stay pretty positive through everything and obviously had more on her plate than, than I did, but uh yeah, I would say that's a key thing. You just can't go down that uh, that road because it's, it's a rabbit hole you don't want to go down to because I, I always like to say this, like what good comes from it? I don't know. Nothing. Right. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, and I think, you know, a couple of practical sort of like things that, you, you know, to pull out a couple of things that you just said too for anybody who, who might be, you know, struggling with like managing working from home with children at home still, if schools are still locked down in your area and you're, you know, trying to start a new year's resolution 
is like you said, is keep a routine, right? Like try to keep as normal as you can, like your regular day. It's not, you know, don't just like willy nilly. We'll see what happens when it happens, but like your meals at a prescribed time, right? First of all, kids thrive on routines. That's why, you know, they love going to school, right? Um, they know exactly what's going to happen at eight o'clock, exactly what's going to happen at 10 o'clock. And so those things should still happen at home too. Um, have the meals scheduled. And then that holds you a little bit accountable to your meals too. Um, waking up a little earlier. Like I'm an, I'm a morning riser. People who follow me know that, I, you know, they watch my social media. I'm up way early, but that I don't do it because I love it. I do it because it's literally the only time throughout the day that I have. Otherwise it's my two little daughters at the, after we put them to sleep, like my wife and I are like, you know, we're drained. It's not like, yeah. oh yeah, now let me go crush a workout. No, it's like 8 p.m. at night. It's like, no thanks. So I wake up early, do the things that I need to do, journal, read, work out, get my emails in, and then I'm ready to receive my kids and like right. be a little bit more present as opposed to like being, you know, worried about stuff and thinking about, you know, doing on my playing on my phone all day and thinking about work and all that stuff. So yeah, I'm glad that you said those two things. Um you know, so I, uh, before we jump in, I want to talk a little bit about, um, you, you just wrote Fit for Success. Um, and, and you wrote this while, you know, during COVID, while your wife was in treatment for chemotherapy, while you're still running all these things, right? So, um, and being a father. And so I think we can't downplay that at all. The fact that, you know, you were doing all this while being a busy dad. Um, before we jump into the book, I'm curious, like when your wife was initially diagnosed, and I know this, 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 a lot of this is in your book and about mindset and stuff. Like I, how did you guys share it with your children and sort of like keep everybody from falling off the deep end, keep everybody from going off like the, that negative mindset or, or, or like, Oh my God, what are we doing? Or, or even like crying openly, like, wh like what did, how did you guys frame that for your family? Well, this goes back to credit to my wife again, because <laughs> she originally, she told me, she's like, I don't, maybe I said it first. I was like, well, what if we just don't tell the kids? Cause when, when you first diagnosed, you don't really know, like, Maybe you don't have to do chemo. Maybe you won't lose your hair. Who knows? Well, she did. She had to do chemo. She was going to lose her hair. So that was that was kind of the final straw that, yeah, you know what? Hey, we probably need to tell them, right? right? And she was like, I want to be super honest with them. I want to be super upfront. I want to tell them everything. I want them to know everything throughout the whole process. And, you know, so this, well, this was almost a year ago. So and my daughter was five. My son was seven. So they're a little, little on the younger side to really, I guess, fully comprehend everything. They just kind of know, oh, hey, mom is sick. So that's kind of really all they knew, but we had to tell them, hey, you know, mom's gonna lose her hair. You have to be on the lookout for that. Um, interesting reactions. Uh, I think my daughter laughed. Uh, my son <laughs> immediately burst into tears. Uh, my daughter was then comforting him. So just keep him in the loop because it, it, I, I think, and it was totally the right call, like 100%, my wife was, absolutely spot on all the credit goes to her for that because i think if they they, they, they can know that they'll sense that something's weird something's off so i would say you know i don't think you want to keep it from them so if they know you know they kind of feel like part of it so one other thing that we did too so to be more proactive rather than reactive was uh, we all shaved our heads together really well okay so 
we did my wife, uh, I did mine. Like I normally have short hair, so it's no big deal. Uh, my son did his and uh, my daughter, like she felt really left out, but like, I'm not going to shave my daughter's hair. You know, right, right, right. She's going to kindergarten, she's five years old, but she was like, I really want to like do something. So, you know, my wife did this like tiny little strip kind of underneath the rest of her hair. And so, you know, everyone felt included. And uh, I think that was really the, the right approach to that. And, you know, they're, they're kind of too young to really go down that negative mindset. They just, and again, more credit to my wife because she was able to stay, you know, well, yeah, well, did she have rough days or shouldn't have much energy and, and all this stuff? Yeah, sure, of course she did. But, you know, she was still kind of there to, you know, sit, sit near them while they're doing their remote schooling and all that stuff. So, and we weren't going anywhere. So there was a lot of family time in 2020. There was a right. lot of family time. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, kudos to you and your wife and for everybody for, for just staying so like mentally tough, right. And staying like mentally tough for, for your family and for your kids too, so that they see that together. Right. So that they see like their mom and dad, like working as one unit, pulling through, like getting through this together. Um, love that man. So in your book, you outline in your book, fit for success, you outline a couple of not a couple of seven principles, um, to, you know, to be successful and their, you know, work ethic, the internal locus of control, positive mindset, discipline, purpose, and meaning failure, recharge, right? What inspired you to write this book? Like, where did this book come from? What was like the, the impetus for writing this book? So if we go back in time, a couple of years, I had a hernia surgery and I couldn't do much. I couldn't lift. So what am I going to do? The only thing I could do is walk. And I had kind of, unfortunately, I had not been a super avid reader before then. Just kind of too busy with work and everything. And that sort of reinvigorated my kind of love of, of learning and getting better. And right? I can't get better fitness wise for the next couple of months because I can't train. Well, I'm going to go walk around my neighborhood and I'm going to listen to audiobooks and, you know, try to learn some stuff. So that kind of got me back in that mindset. And the really cool thing was I was reading a bunch of different books, listening to different audiobooks and podcasts. I just kept noticing all these common principles that, that people had in common that they were successful. And it didn't matter like what they were doing, fitness, business, life, sports, whatever. There's all these common principles that tie together. And so I, I started thinking to myself, and I just started noting them you mentioned journaling a little bit. Like I just, I sort of jotted them down in my phone and I had a list of 10 and just, I, I, just, I was always thinking about it. I'm just really fascinated with the idea of what people do that makes them more successful. I just, I love the idea. I just, I'm infatuated with it. I, I basically can't get enough. And so I was always thinking about this. And then of course, 2020 hits and this goes back to that you know, well, we had a choice to make, right? So this bad stuff happened. Well, how do we want to react? How do we want to respond to it? Do we want to cower and hide and, and be victims? And no, like I'm going to dictate my life. I'm not going to be you know, a passenger or a victim or whatever it is you want to call it. I'm just not going to do that. It's not who I am. It's not how I'm going to operate. So again, like knowing these principles in the back of my head, I, I really was forced, we were really truly forced to live them 24 7, 365. And again, just kind of one day I'm sitting there reading in, in my kitchen and the, you know, the, the RP diet book, you know, everything we do is based on a pyramid right. of kind of what's more important. And as you work your way up, things are a little bit less important. I said, huh, 
what if I did this with these uh, principles that I had? And so I wrote them down and you know, kind of made that little, little image and I sent it to a couple of people. I'm like, hey, what do you think of this? And they're like, seems pretty legit. So I said to myself, I'm not going anywhere for three or four months, quarantine. Like we were, we were locked down pretty tight here because my wife's going through chemo and right. you know, this is back in the spring, summer, who knows? I mean, we didn't really know anything about COVID. Everyone just sort of assumed the worst and whatever. So, hey, I'm not going anywhere for three or four months. Uh, I've never written a book before. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe it's time. And reached out to some people and eventually just kind of sat down one day and started writing and just kept doing that every day for a few months. And you know, one behold, again, I had like this rough framework and outline in my head. So it's not like I was just freeballing everything. And from there, I just kind of tied it all into that outline and just started typing a little bit each day, chapter by chapter. And before I know it, 40, 50,000 words later and hand it over to, uh, to an editor. That's awesome, man. Um, and again, just, you know, during these busy times, right, you're still finding the time. Where did you find the time to write this book? So I will say this. So my kids are a tad bit older. If your kids are two and four, you have to be around them all the time because they might actually seriously injure themselves. Right. My kids are a little bit self-sustainable now. And you know, for the last year or two years, maybe. And, and the really fortunate thing, again, very fortunate here, my kids are best friends, right? Like they love each other. They love awesome. playing with each other. It, it's phenomenal, right? Some kids, you know, argue and fight a lot. I mean, yes, they will they argue and fight some? Yes, of course, like they're kids. But uh, they just, they really love playing together and they can go entertain themselves. And, uh, you know, maybe a little, little quick funny story here. So when COVID hit, you know, my daughter couldn't read. My son loves to read. He'll sit there for an hour and read whatever. Probably better read, reader than I am. And so my daughter didn't know how to read. So I said, well, I'm going to teach her because she's not going back to school. So we just started doing flashcards and lo and behold, you know, started with five and four long, she knew 10 and then 20 and then 50. And like now she knows 50 sight words and boom, like she can pretty much read now and she picked it up. And now like the two of them, they can go sit and read for a half hour, an hour. And, you know, not all kids are like that, of course. So I'm definitely aware of that, but yeah, like they can go play with each other for a little bit and, you know, as long as you're not screaming their heads off, I mean, maybe I sneak in 30, 60 minutes or something. And when that's done, well, then we reconvene and do something else. But they're, they're a little bit self-sustainable, which is a really big help. That's awesome, man. And in your book, you outline that work ethic is like the foundational habit for success, right? In any venture, right? It's critical to success. But what really resonated with me is the internal locus of control, because this is where I feel like most people struggle, right? Even people with a strong work ethic, even people who know that they have to stay positive, right? you know, and have a positive outlook. Um, people who understand discipline, right? And, you know, who could maybe even be a little bit reflective with failure, right? There, it's the locus of control that I find is is where a lot of people struggle the most with. So what, what exactly do you mean by the locus of control, internal locus of control? Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a really good one. And I guess I didn't realize before I used that exact term, a lot of people aren't familiar with that exact terminology, but everyone knows what the idea and the concept is. So internal locus of control means 
do you perceive that your actions matter and will impact the outcomes of what's going to happen around you? On the flip side of that, external locus of control is things happen to you. There's nothing you can really do about it. Well, I don't know about you. I don't like that idea whatsoever because what happens, what tends to happen, external locus of control, if you have more of that, you, you get this feeling of helplessness that, well, if nothing I do matters, why am I going to do anything? Well, you're going to take less action, right? And less action means you're going to not work as hard because why would you? Because you don't believe. Again, it actually ties into positive mindset too. Well, you're more negative if you're more pessimistic. Like, why are you going to take more action? Why are you going to do things? Successful people, again, the really simple analogy that I can use is the weather. So if it's raining, all right, well, external looks of control would say, oh no, it's raining. Oh, my day is ruined. Okay, well, that's one way to look at it, I suppose. Another way might be, oh, hey, it's raining. Uh, yeah, that stinks. There's nothing I can do about it, though. So why am I going to stress about it? Mm-hmm. Well, what can I do? I'm going to put on my rain boots. I'm going to take my umbrella. You know, little things like that. So you know, maybe leave five minutes earlier because there's going to be a little bit more traffic. These are the things you can control. You can insert, assert your influence over those and impact the outcome. You can be more positive about these things, take more action. You can improve all these outcomes. So really that's what it comes down to, just how do you perceive uh, external events when they happen to you? And, and successful people tend to, you know, something happens, okay, well, is it good or bad? I, mean, I guess it depends on how I look at it. Yeah, absolutely. And and there's also like a degree of ownership, right? Yes. And, and agency, like, like you said, yes. like there's not like helplessness, pa- you're not a passive recipient of your, of your environment, yes. but you're an, you're an active participant, right? Uh, in, in your, in your, in your outcomes. And I think that's really hugely important. And, and this book isn't in, inherently a health and fitness book or a diet book, right? It's just, that's, that's your, that's your world. And so, um, but this is like, you know, successful habits that, that are cross curricular, right? They, 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 they go into any kind of field, but again, because this is a health and fitness podcast and, and the internal locus of control is where I feel like most people struggle with their diet too. Um, cause there's like a little bit of like, you know, my coworkers brought donuts to work. My family is doing this thing, or, you know, my wife cooks this way or, you know, so why do people struggle with their diets? Why do people fail with diets? Why is January every single year, month after, you know, year after year, everyone's resolution is always to get fit or to lose weight. Like, why are we still failing at this diet year after year? It's hard. It's hard. It is hard. I'm very much acknowledging that. I realize that it is hard, but there are things that you can do to make it easier. And that's what we want to do. We want to try to set ourselves up for more success, to be more likely to succeed. So coworkers are bringing in donuts. Let's use that example. Okay. Not much you can do about that. I mean, I guess you could ask them not to, but are they, won't they? Who knows, right? It's not you, it's someone else. So who knows, can't control it. But if you, you know, take those pre-made meals that you were talking about earlier, you know, your, your go-tos, you have that for lunch. <coughs> well, now you have your lunch. It's there. It's planned for you. You're being more proactive, right? You're sort of pre-committing. You know it's there. 
you can eat that. You're gonna be less hungry. If you are less hungry, are you as likely to go eat those donuts? No, you're not. If you forget your meal at home, let's say you're running late because you don't get up early. You don't have time to prepare and you're running late and you're in a hurry. Maybe there's a little more traffic so you don't have time to stop and get something to eat. You know, all you do is grab some coffee or whatever. Now you're really hungry around lunchtime, right? So now those donuts or whatever it is, those baked goods, you can smell them. Now you're hungry. So now you're, you've put yourself in a position where you're less likely to succeed because we're human and we're wired to want to eat that stuff because it tastes really good, right? So again, like, are you putting yourself in a position to succeed or are you more likely to fail? It's little things like that, right? These little things tend to tip the scales one way or another. The, the one part that I find really, truly fascinating when it comes to discipline, which is a decent you know, chunk of the book, it's, it's one chapter, the people that seemingly have the most discipline and the most willpower also use it the least, which is really, really interesting to me. So what does that mean? It means they set their environment up to be more likely to succeed. I don't know about you, but I feel very confident saying this. I know if there are some particular foods in my house, the chances of me not eating them are very low. Mine is golden double saforios. <laughs> I don't know about you, but that's my weakness. That's my kryptonite. So if those are in the house, mm, it's not gonna be good. Right. So again, like that goes that, that you know, that's, if your environment is set up to make it easier on yourself, you don't have to exert all this willpower and you know, kind of make those choices more often because we want to get to the point where it is more automatic, right? These things are habitual. You, you just have your routines down. And again, so here's another interesting thing too. So I talked about this a little bit earlier. So sleeping in a little bit more over the holidays. I actually read a book that's you know, kind of talking about, hey, like you need to rest a little bit more and all that. So of course, maybe that influences me too. But I don't know about you, but I had a streak going where it was like 150 days in a row where I was getting up early. I had the exact same routine every single day. And I loved it because it was just routine. I didn't even think about it. It's just like, this is part of me. This is who I am. This is what I do. Well, I took a day off because, you know, I just had one day where I wasn't feeling that well. I'm just a little extra beat up and all that. Once I broke that momentum, for me to get up that following day and get back on it was infinitely hard. Yep. And like now, since I've sort of broken that seal a little bit, now every morning I'm just like, my first thought is, ah, oh, well, you know, wouldn't, it be, wouldn't it be nice to sleep in a little bit? And I'm telling you, man, I lost that momentum and I just, I can't believe it. Like I'm a pretty disciplined person. I'm just like, whew, this is tough. Well, that is tough and it is challenging. And I'm actually experiencing that a tiny drop myself too, because, uh, you know, I had a, my, we had a couple of my, my mother-in-law baked some cookies. So then I had a, a cookie and now I was like, am I going to go down a, a, a downward spiral on the steep end? Um, but people who are struggling with their diet, people who are really legitimately struggling to get into, you know, to get into shape or prioritize their fitness. And I'm not talking about necessarily, you know, having to lose 70 or 80 pounds. I'm just talking about people who are just like trying to lose that final 10 or 20 pounds that they've been putting on and losing every, every couple of months. Um, you mentioned the, like, like the, uh, the, the consistency piece, right? Well, when somebody falls off the wagon or so, right. And they have a, 
you know, a cheat meal, but they're not mentally prepared for it as a cheat meal, right? You know, they, like you said, they forgot their lunch. So now they're stopping at a drive-through or they're eating something that coworkers brought into work. You, you said that it, it becomes harder. Why is it so much more difficult to then get back on the horse? Or maybe a better question would be like, what is your best advice to somebody who maybe goes off plan for a meal by accident because of their circumstance? Like, what would you tell somebody who's like, dude, I, I don't know. I, I just went off plan for a full day. I just ate everything in sight. I'm, I'm struggling, man. I don't know what to do. I, I don't know if I can get back on this diet. Like, what, what's your best advice for somebody in that situation? Do you, do you watch football much? You're a football fan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You ever, you ever hear the coaching, uh, they'll talk about defensive coaches. What do they tell cornerbacks? Have a short memory. You give up a touchdown, right. forget about it. Move on. Next play. Right, you have the chance to do something on the next play, and that's it's the same thing. It's the same thing here. With hey, maybe you miss a workout one day because whatever happens, just get back on track the next day. You slip up a meal. The tricky part is not letting that one meal become two, become three, become four. A full day, a couple of days. It's the weekend before you know it. It's a week. Guess what? Now you're oh, now you're in this negative downward spiral. You're talking yourself out of everything. And, and now it's, you know, January 15th. And you're like, Oh, I'm gonna just, this, this whole new year's resolution thing is, is, it's a failure and it's, it's over. And well, now you're off track by the middle of January and you know, here you are. So it's really, again, I think part of it is that momentum aspect. And it, it's funny how that works because it seems like positive momentum or negative momentum built pretty quick. Right. And that's something I've been noticing a lot recently. So it's just really, you know, you got to kind of work on being more self-aware and whatever, if something does happen, you're upset, you know, something at work happened or your argument with your spouse, kids, whatever it is, just try to be aware of that and just try to notice what's going on. And all right, so maybe you do have some extra cookies or whatever it is, but just get back on track at the next meal. Just, it's no big deal. Get back on track. And then I know that it's, it's easy to say, right? It's, it's, it's simple, but not easy, right? That's kind of the, the line yeah. there. But it's true, and these things are all true. They're all simple, but they're maybe not so easy to do. You just gotta remind yourself of that. And again, if you do have a rough day, you, know, you don't have to beat yourself up over it and you don't have to be all down and negative. It's just really be more mentally strong, more resilient. If, if failure happens, you're just trying to learn from it. Really, so you know, there's a whole chapter in the book about failure. So why is failure in a book about success? Well, it's not that you're never going to fail. It's how you react to failure. Would you come back and try to learn from it and not repeat those same mistakes? Or do you crumble and fold under pressure when you make a little slip up? That's really the difference. Successful people don't do that. They get back on track. No, it's true. And the other thing that, I, that I'm hearing in, in what you're saying is like about the idea of like getting back on track is being able to have the long view, right? Have the the big picture because it's so easy. Like, okay, I, I got off my diet today. I ate a bunch of cookies. I know I'm going to step on the scale tomorrow and be a pound or two heavier than I wanted it, than I wanted to be. But where are you going to be in August of 2021? Where are you going to be in December of 2021? By January, 2022, where do you want to be, right? Because what you eat on January 7th isn't necessarily going to determine that, but what you do every day afterwards, right? Or even three years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now. And I think 
you know, we're often so short-sighted, like, hey, I got to lose 20 pounds and it's January 15th. Man, I've only lost two pounds so far. I'm never going to lose 20 pounds. This diet sucks, right? And, and it's like, wait, 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 you have to lose 20 pounds. That's like 20 weeks if you're doing it healthy and sustainable, right? We're talking about 20 weeks here. Have you thought about that? Have you thought about how long that's actually going to take that we're really looking at like April, May, June here? Um, and so, yeah, it's, there's a little bit of like that short-sightedness as well. Have you experienced that as well? This is probably my favorite topic to talk about. Successful people have a longer term time horizon. Everyone wants results tonight, tomorrow, yesterday. It's okay, whatever. Like, it's just, you're not new, you're not unique. There's nothing special if, if you think that way. Everyone wants that, right? Now, the difference is well, how do you go about trying to become successful? And again, there's no big secret here, I promise. It's just, you go about the day and you do the little things that you need to each day. And it may not even feel like you're making progress, but you keep doing it and you keep doing it. And if you fail, you just get back on track and you keep going. Because everyone in social media exemplifies this, right? Amplifies it's a better term. You only see the end result. You don't see all the work that people have done in the months, years, you know, leading up to it. So, you know, every now and again, someone will say something about RP like, oh, well, it's easy for you because, you know, you're like successful now. It's like, okay, but you don't actually see the years like 2000 or 2010 to 2015 when no one knew who we were. You know, people laughed at us and all this stuff. Like no one sees that. And so people want to go from point A to point Z in the shortest amount of time possible. That's fundamentally not how results and success happens. I'm sorry to say that, but it's not. Again, it's funny, funny enough, I woke up this morning, the first thing I read was, uh, there's an email and it was uh, the myth of 1% better each day. So, okay. Well, I, I like saying, you know, just try to get a little bit better each and every single day. Right. And now when I say that, right? I, I don't actually mean that I'm trying to get 1% better each and every single day because, well, how do you quantify that in whatever it is you're doing? <clears throat> but it, it's, to me, it's just the idea of it. Of I'm just doing these things. And because I'm doing these things, I'm probably a little bit better today than I was yesterday. And if I just keep repeating that, that's all that I need to do. Is it 1%? No, I don't know. Who knows? What that is. Maybe it's 0 0.001. Like, and so from that perspective, I, I get what they were saying, the, the myth of the 1%. And um, their argument was actually, if you are already somewhat skilled, then that argument is pretty much impossible. Like if you're brand new to something, okay, maybe you can't actually do that because it's a bit more linear. But again, at the end of the day, you just kind of have to switch your mindset and approach to a longer term time horizon. And also, there's another term, the mastery mindset. You're not really worried about the outcome. You just enjoy the process. You just enjoy doing the things that eventually will lead to some good outcome. You don't know exactly what that good outcome is. You know, maybe it's 20 pounds, maybe it's 25. But again, that almost goes back to the internal external locus of control, right? Can you control if you lose 20 or 25 pounds? Yes and no. <laughs> you can, but who knows? Maybe some water weight fluctuates. And so you can't really truly control that. What can you control? Your actions, your thoughts, your behaviors, 
boy, these seem like things you can always control, internal locus of control. And again, you just focus on doing them every single day. Lo and behold, three, six months, three, six, 12 months from now, you're fundamentally a different person. Absolutely. And I, I think last week I just did an episode about like goal setting for New Year's resolutions. And a whole piece was on like, is your goal just an outcome-based goal or is it an action-based goal, right? Because you can't always control the outcome. Like you just said, like you can't control that you're going to be 50 pounds lighter or 20 pounds lighter by X date, but you can control exercising three times a week, bringing your lunch to work and doing those things that are going to get you the results ultimately. Um, so yeah, it's nice to have like a 50 pound weight loss goal, right? But it's also nice to, okay, what are the things that are going to get me there? And that's also going to be like, like my measurable, observable goal that I can say like, yep, I'm doing these things day after day consistently, right? And again, the last thing I'll say, which you know, I know you know this better than anybody else, is health and fitness isn't just like a one month process, two month, three month. It's like it's a lifelong endeavor, right? And so, like, we all have some habits we're trying to get out of. If your New Year's resolution right now is to get into shape and to get fit, to get healthy, just know that it's like, you know, get clear on your why. Like, is it for because you want to get healthy and you know look good by St. Patrick's Day? or by, by this summer, or is it so you can like build a, you know, create a legacy of health and fitness for your family for generations to come. So your children can see that you're a fit and healthy dad so that, you know, your children are one day running triathlons because that's just what we do in this family. We're just fit and healthy, right? Like, and, and have that long vision as well. So let me sneak something in that you, you kind of tying that in uh, reminded me of something. So before my daughter was going back to school, you know, a month ago, she was really nervous because, I mean, she was in school in kindergarten through March and then basically has, what, eight months off of like not going to school. So she's really nervous. And it's basically like a day one of school, right? Yeah. Because, yeah, remote learning, you kind of see some kids and then she was actually put in like this different, it's a whole mess. <clears throat> Excuse me. Again. But anyways... I, uh, I told her, I was telling her this for like several nights in a row before she went back to school. I'm like, don't worry about it. You're the type of person that makes friends really easily. And I kept repeating that and I kept repeating it because I fundamentally know it's true because she's a super, super nice young girl. Right. And then she goes to school the first day and, you know, she hops in the car at the, at the end of the day in the pickup line or whatever. And I'm like, how was it? How many new friends did you make today? She's like, Dad, you're never gonna believe it. I made so many new friends. And I'm like, you know, it's just like little things like that. It's just, it makes you the you know happiest in the world. That's and awesome, man. Again, it's just feeding it to her. Like, I don't know, I wasn't trying to manipulate her or anything like that, but it's just like I fundamentally knew it. And it's just sort of reassuring her, like, you know, you're the type of person that does this. And, and it feeds into that internal identity, and people are like, Yeah, 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 you're right. I am. Like, it just gives them more confidence and it's, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Dude, I love that because it it it's also like, you know, affirmations, like you can do this with yourself, right? You don't need yeah. to have, you know, somebody else tell you that you're special and that you can do this. Like you can literally write out your affirmations. Like I am a fit and healthy father, right? I am somebody who makes friends easily. Like, and just write those things out and say them to yourself until they become 
true until you start believing those thoughts and then they actually become true. So it's funny that you, that you said that as well, man. That's awesome. Um, totally, yeah. yeah, dude, I love that. And I love doing that with intention too, like with your children. Like I found my, I, I do this often with like my, my daughter too, like, you know, remind her how smart she is and tell her how, how smart she is and how smart, you know, and cause it's, you know, it's just like in my mind, I'm like, I know that it's impacting the way she's thinking about herself, you know? Yeah. Um, well, so actually, I actually ordered a sign and I stuck it in our like kind of study area, whatever, where our kids do the remote learning and it's all about like the growth mindset. And it's like, you're not whatever doing well because you're sort of gifted or whatever. You're doing well because I know you're a hard worker and you're going to work really hard. And if you do have some obstacles, you're just going to work really hard at it. Uh, I actually had my tra- my kids uh, train a little bit of jujitsu, and that was kind of our thing that we did during COVID and quarantine because obviously we weren't going to the gym and, and all that. And I'm a white belt, like I'm I'm no good at jujitsu whatsoever. Don't get me wrong; I'd only trained like six months before all the COVID stuff hit. But like I, I knew the basics, and they had been going, and you know they knew a little bit too. And so that was our thing. That was like our daily thing. Like usually around three or four every day at vacation. Let's just go do a little bit of jujitsu. And we've, we've fallen off that a little bit now. Um, but man, we were doing it like every day for a few months. And I tell you what, I'm pretty sure my kids can do arm bars better than I can. So it's just a little things like that. That's awesome, man. Um, so out of, of all the seven principles in your book, we talk, we hit on a lot of them. And I'm just curious, like, which is the one for you that like, if nothing else, like you would love people to know is like really important? Well, it's funny that you mentioned the internal locus of control. So that's the one that sticks out to me as well. And I've talked to a few people now, and that tends to be the one that sticks out to me control the controllables and if you can't control it and don't stress about it so again if you find yourself on social media all day long you know just following a bunch of negative people that's just everything's drama drama negative negative stop doing that just unfollow or you know, set your phone down for a little bit go do something else go do something that's actually going to be impactful and positive for you because again like you can't control what other people are doing and social media is really bad at that of course and if you're watching the news all the time, just stop watching the news so much. Like they want negativity. They, they literally make their living and their livelihoods off of it. So just stop doing that stuff. Control what you can control. If you can do that, you're going to be in a much better spot. Awesome, man. Well, the book is called Fit for Success. Nick, where can people find you? Where can they follow you? Where can they get the book? Yeah, so the best spot's on Amazon. Just look up uh, Fit for Success. Uh, you know, honestly, it's only, it's only fourteen ninety five. Uh, it's probably you can read it in a couple of days. Get some quick, easy, actionable items, and you know, again, it was designed not to be this like real scientific, you know, jargony textbook. It's, no, it's like one hundred sixty pages. You can read it, you know, pretty quick and easy, and you'll get some good take home points. And if you do these things, well, you're going to be more successful. Again, what does success mean to you? Yeah, whatever you want it to be. But if you do these things, you'll be more successful in whatever it is you want to be successful. Yeah. And I love that at the end of each chapter, there's like a little bit of like a homework, right? Some like application piece, like now try it by doing this. So that's, that's been really helpful as well. Um, and where can people follow you? Uh, yeah. So me personally on Instagram, it's uh, at nick.shaw.rp. 
and that's actually in the book too. And then, uh, you know, if you are into fitness and, you know, want to learn a little bit more, you know, kind of step up that macro game a little bit, uh, follow RP Strength on Instagram. Hell yeah, man. It's super inspiring. All those before and afters on that, on that page as well. So Nick, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, and here's to an even better 2021. Yeah, 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 for sure. On my side, I kind of joke. I'm like, well, it can't possibly be worse than, you know, look at the first week in 2021 already. So gotta be careful with that. But yeah, man, uh, thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right. So there you have it. My thanks again to Nick Shaw for taking the time to sit down and have that conversation with me and sharing so many details of the book, so many intimate details with his wife. And, you know, we wish him and his family tremendous amount of success and, uh, you know, just moving forward. Seriously, if you are interested at all whatsoever in checking out the RP Diet, I totally recommend it. Again, a little caveat, as I mentioned at the top of the show and throughout the interview, it's really, you know, if you have some practice counting macros, it's it's like super easy to use. If you don't have any practice counting macros, I would recommend just learning about that first um, and, you know, before you jumping into something like that. But seriously, such an amazing guy, such an amazing conversation. And pick up the book as well, Fit for Success. It's it's a quick read. It's super easy. And uh, there are downloadable uh, e-copies or e-books and also paper book, uh, paperback. All right. All right, folks. Thank you so much. You're incredible. If you thought this episode was helpful in any way, if you found it useful in any way, I would love for you to leave this episode a five-star review. And please subscribe to the show if you haven't already. And I'll see you here next week for another awesome episode. You guys are amazing. Let's keep forging elite fathers. Let's go.